Well, we're so glad that you joined us tonight on Christmas Eve. It's such a special night, and it doesn't matter if you're a bit older or younger. Uh, there's a child kind of within all of us that gets excited on a night like this. So we're glad that you've included us in your Christmas Eve uh, celebration. Um, have you ever been uncertain about anything in your life? I'm sure you have, whether it's been a relationship or a job opportunity or a chance to relocate to another city or pursue an academic um, uh, opportunity. Um, uncertainty and life go together. Um, we can lack confidence in ourselves, our future, the decisions that we are presented with. Um, uncertainty is often associated with what's coming next. And human beings are just not, not good at this. We don't see around corners very well. And so when we consider what's coming next, we can often struggle with a, a measure of um, lack of confidence and uh, with the uncertainty that's emerging in front of us. I can only imagine the measure of uncertainty that Mary and Joseph experienced on that very first Christmas where uh, Mary was um, told that she would carry the Messiah and, and Joseph was, um, again, confronted with this good news as well, which brought a whole lot of conflicted emotions for him too, I'm sure. And they were wondering what the future held for them, what was next. And so uh, the challenge with uncertainty for all of us is that it comes with a measure of fear. We want things to work out well, and there is never a guarantee that what's coming around the corner will always be what we expect or what we want. And so um, fear is a common human experience when we consider the uncertainties of life. Uh, we can have legitimate reasons why we experience fear. Uh, the capacity for fear is hardwired into all of us as humans. Um, our ancestors would have feared um, the lion or the bear or the wolf, and they would have responded with a, a freeze fight or flight response. And that was um, the way they stayed alive. It was, it was part of self-preservation. And so for us in the 21st century, uh, we probably are a little less afraid of the lion and the bear and the wolf, even though if we encountered them in another country, we'd probably respond the same way. But some of our 21st century fears uh, revolve around employment challenges, health issues, uh, marital or parenting challenges. There can be a host of things uh, that we face that can be internal and external, but it's, it's real for us too. Just because it's different from our ancestors doesn't mean it's not real. And so um, some challenges that we face are happening in real time. They're right in front of us, they're known, um, and others are around the corner. And again, we're not good at seeing around corners as humans. And so we anticipate what's coming next. And sometimes we see glimpses and shadows. And sometimes we, we hear noises and we, we see glimpses of things. And, and sometimes we anticipate what's coming next. And it does fill us with fear. Um, the unknown or the unexpected uh, can be really troubling for us because we like to be in control. Humans uh, really want to control outcomes. And uh, it's unfortunate, but in life, a lot of things are outside of our control. And um, 365 times in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, we hear this phrase or this statement that goes something like this, do not be afraid. And so the biblical writers moved upon by the Holy Spirit wanted the readers to understand that though fear is natural and a normal common human experience, we should not allow fear to rule and govern our hearts. You know, this Christmas again, as we're considering what's coming next, we don't see around corners very well. And uh, we anticipate things and we kind of prepare the best we can, but things come at us 
in ways that we don't always expect. So here we are, living through another um, Christmas together and wondering what's around the corner. Um, these shepherds in the first century uh, were given an announcement by an angel. And if we were to rewind the tape and go back to the Older Testament and the first century, we would understand that the vocation of shepherding was really... Um, these were men from the other side of the tracks. They were deemed unclean. They were not trustworthy. They were the kind of people who were not accepted in the temple or in sacred spaces. And, um, but an angel comes and gives an announcement to them. Now, their ordinary days were often filled with just ordinary events, keeping watch over the flock. And there were, on rare occasions, a thief that would come to try to steal a sheep, or there was a predator over the hillside that they needed to keep an eye on to protect the flock. But largely, there was lots of time for, as King David did, as a shepherd king, wrote poems and songs. And so 150 chapters in the book of Psalms are poems written by a shepherd, largely written by David. And so on this night, though, in the first century, an angel comes and makes an announcement to these shepherds. And it's found in Luke's gospel, chapter two, verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, just an uneventful night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. What a natural, normal human response. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And so this announcement about not being afraid um, follows, followed by this good news announcement that a savior has been born. I love the fact that the angel announces to the shepherds that they ought to disarm themselves of their fear or else they'll miss the good news that's coming next. It's so true of us that sometimes if we allow fear to settle in and rule or govern our hearts, that we can miss the good things that come around the corner of our lives as well because we're preoccupied on those things that create fear and anxiety. And so the shepherds were told, again, one of the 365 times in scripture to not be afraid. Faith is not about certainty. Uh, it's about confidence. Faith is for the uncertainties of life. And Jesus said to his friends on one occasion, he says, take courage, do not be afraid. And so courage is not the absence of fear, as we've heard. It is strength in the face of our fears. And so faith rejects the idea that we are at home in a random universe governed by chance. Faith insists that there is purpose and meaning in our lives. In fact, as we consider the events of the um, first Christmas, where the Messiah came into the world, uh, we are reminded that Jesus came on a mission. And his mission was to um, redeem the events of our lives, to repair the world, every part of it, and to rescue us. All of us need rescuing. Left to ourselves, we tend to self-destruct. The human family, because we're not good at looking around corners and finding our way, we often uh, complicate matters. And, um, and it's probably true for all of us. And maybe you've come to terms with this or maybe not quite yet, but we do need some help. And uh, on this Christmas, I wanna encourage you to not allow fear to govern your heart. Even when we consider the things that are coming around the corner, though we don't know what they are, though there's measure of uncertainty, we hold strong and have great confidence in a God who promised to be with us. Uh, when the angel came to Joseph and made the announcement that what was happening to Mary was God-sanctioned, um, the angel said that Emmanuel, God with us, was about to be uh, the story of their lives and the story of the human family. And so 
Though we may struggle with uncertainty at this Christmas, I wanna encourage you, God is with you and God is for you. Uh, I wanna introduce you to a friend of ours named Jeff Montague, and he had a uh, death experience actually in April of 2021. And um, this is a Christmas he thought he would never have. And uh, a bunch of people in this church and beyond were praying for him. And uh, he's gonna take a moment to tell us a story of grace and uh, really a miracle that caused him to um, have life after being um, dead for 16 minutes. So I'll let Jeff tell the story. Jeff, nice to see you tonight. Happy holidays, Gary. You know what, I know your story and you and I have talked about it and we have more to talk about, but I want to invite our friends here, the Christmas Eve gathering to hear about it. You've had, you know, a, a crucial, really hectic, event over this last year? Well, I was on a pretty destructive path, uh, making some some pretty poor decisions. Um, life has started giving, stopped giving me stuff as it was starting to take it away um, and pretty fast. Uh, you know, I was having some relationship problems with Jen. Um, I wasn't being the best dad I could be. Um, obviously I had problems uh, with, with, with drinking and, and alcohol and, uh, and decided to check myself into rehab. Um, and again, surrendering myself over to Jesus um, was the, the defining moment uh, of when I realized I was powerless, right? And, you know, and I needed help, right? And when I chose to give, to give myself over to Him, uh, everything became a lot more clear. And I started thinking a lot more clear. But it was prepping me all along for the test that they had in store for me. Okay, so, you know, like you said, you have a big test coming up. You didn't know. You know, and sometimes we can get the impression that after we give our lives to Jesus, life's going to be smooth sailing from there. But that's not what happened to you. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite so smooth, Gary. You know, I, I basically collapsed on a kitchen floor. Um, again, through the positive decisions I was making, Jen, you know, thank, thank the God was there. Um, and my beautiful kids were there, Kinsley and Cashton. Um, and Daddy collapsed on the floor and I had cardiac arrest. And you had cardiac arrest on your kitchen floor. How long were you out for? 16 minutes without oxygen. 16 minutes, no oxygen. 16 minutes without oxygen. And uh, um, basically the ambulance came, um, it flatlined a couple of times, they had me in a coma. I was in a coma for just under a week and uh, two days longer than they, they, they had hoped. Uh, they had told Jen and my mom to make their arrangements, but it's not good. And uh, I came out of it that night and uh, it, again, I'm, I got filled in on, 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 you know, everything that had been transpiring here uh, while well, I was gone. <laughs> because, because, you know, while you're in that situation, I remember hearing about it and, and you had Jeff probably hundreds, if not more. Thousands probably, Gary, um, especially people everybody praying for you, people praying, praying for me, yeah. uh, especially here at home at King Street, uh, you know, and, and, and thousands of family and friends, you know, it, it, the, the, the reach out was incredible. Uh, and again, it all leads back to if had I not surrendered, um, you know, would have I have been physically and mentally strong enough to survive this process? And I wouldn't have been. I, I just wouldn't have been, Gary. Uh, and in all medical aspects, obviously it's a miracle, but there's no rhyme or reason for my survival, 
right? It was probably the best year of my life, Gary. Um, you know, my cardiac arrest was a blessing to me. You know, it, it allowed me to realize, you know, that life is worth living every single day um, and being the most true and authentic person you can. Um, and again, especially around the holidays um, where, you know, people are alone, COVID, you know, maybe embarrassed about, you know, some of the things that they've got going on in their life. Life, it happened to me. I'm not embarrassed by the poor decisions I made. It got me to where I am today. Um, and again, if I'm there and I can help anybody, I'd hope that somebody, if they're willing to reach out, to reach out because it's not tough. You're not alone, right? And, and again, cardiac arrest, it got me to the point of where this was a blessing, right? Not a, not, not a curse. Right? Okay, so it's amazing that you can say that after everything. If you could leave someone listening to this right now with just one thing, what would you say? Well, tomorrow is owed to nobody um, except for him. You know, nobody knows what's in store for us tomorrow except for his plan, right? And to live your life accordingly, right? You know, whether it's the person you meet on the street or, you know, the lady you hold the door for or, you know, um, you know, just be the best version of the person you can be. So no matter what we're going through, we can, we can trust Jesus. We trust Jesus for sure. Amen. It's calm, you know, it means peaceful. It's good, Jeff. Thank you very much, man. All right, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. That was so good, Jeff. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, what a tremendous story of grace. And uh, again, faith is for the uncertainties of life, and sometimes the unexpected happens to us, and it's so good that in God's mercy, Jeff is with us today celebrating Christmas, and his whole family has been given, um, you know, Jeff, to be with them again, and it's a really cool story. So we thank God for his life and for the story of grace that's being told through it. Um, this is the Advent season, and the last four weeks we've been lighting candles. Um, hope, love, joy, and peace. And now tonight we're lighting the Christ candle. Uh, Christmas is all about Jesus, and uh, you may have some candles close by. Uh, I wanna encourage you to maybe reach for one, and, uh, and you can light a candle as well. Um, the Christ candle reminds us again that Jesus is the light of the world and that when we get close to him and we put um, our candle, so to speak, um, up against his, uh, we can also be lit up. And as Jesus taught his disciple friends, he is the light of the world and we can become little lights as well. And our world has a lot of darkness and we could use some more light. And so uh, whatever measure of uncertainty you might be facing in your life these days, what I do know is that when you allow the light of Christ to illuminate your own story, um, we can see better we can see more clearly and we we still don't see around corners humans have their limits um, but when we have the light on so to speak we can we can find our way more easily so thanks be to god for the light he has given us and the light he holds out for us and so uh, maybe this christmas uh, will be your time to choose to allow the light of christ to light up your own life too and uh, maybe you're ready to do that tonight. And when you light your candle, you can offer a quick prayer that would just be Jesus. I believe you're the light of the world and I want you to come and light up my life too. And uh, I know there'll be uncertainty, but faith is confidence in the face of uncertainty. And the things that are out in front of us, we're not privy to entirely, uh, but we do know this, that Emmanuel, God with us, um, he, will committed, he will be committed to being with us throughout all of our lives. And so I wanna offer prayer for you and then uh, we're gonna sing Silent Night together. So Father, thank you again today for Christmas, for the story of Jesus. And thank you for how you are illuminating our lives and inviting us into this beautiful good work to illuminate the world around us. Lord, we pray for every person who is feeling overwhelmed by the uncertainty of life, that you would grant them grace and peace 
and help them to have much joy, much hope, much love. And again, may this Christmas be a unique, beautiful one for someone tonight who is willing to put their saving faith in Jesus and to give him their loyal love. So thank you again today, Father, for this Christmas. We are blessed in so many ways. Amen.